Don Pancho and his Cross of May. This comes from Peru and is written by Father John Hegarty. It was a hot, dry, leaden day in early March when I first met Don Pancho. I had recently been assigned to replace Father Dermot Desmond in a section of the Hermitage Parish called Zone D in Lima, Peru, and was wandering aimlessly around my new kingdom, hoping to meet some locals and get to know something of their stories. I popped into Don Pancho's corner store to get some liquid to slake my thirst. All the bottles on the shelf had, to me, foreign names, and then I spotted a bottle of 7-Up beaming at me. But how do you say that in Spanish? I was only a few weeks out of language school, so foolishly I tried to translate the name of the bottle, asking the lady for una botella de Sieta Arriba. She looked at me puzzled and shrugged her shoulders, and with diminished confidence I repeated the same question the same way. And she looked back over her shoulder to an interior room and shouted, There's some gringo here, and I have no idea what he's saying. Don Pancho emerged from the inside to help his distraught wife. Small, with a ruddy complexion, he looked at me through the lower lens of his bifocals. I coughed and tried again. And still, a look of bemusement in desperation, I pointed towards the elusive refreshment. Ah, he exclaimed in perfect English, seven up. I slaked my thirst and swallowed my pride. And thus began a long and dear friendship with Don Pancho and his wife Irma. His shop was the watering hole for employed and unemployed neighbours, young and old alike. Here was available all the local information you might want and all the help locals might need. He invited me to sit and sip and proceeded to quiz me as to my purpose and origins, and I struggled to keep the conversation going with my extremely limited Spanish. And when he realised that I was now the resident priest, he broached the subject dearest to his heart, the annual fiesta of the Cruz de Mayo, the Cross of May. Every May, Don Pancho, together with many of his faithful and less-than-faithful neighbours, would bring the massive wooden cross down from its lofty rocky outcrop to a dry patch of ground across the street from Don Pancho's shop. There they would construct a small cane-matting hut where the cross would rest for the nine days of the novena before the big procession. They would remove the old paint and weathered shroud, apply a new coat of high-gloss dark green, it has always been in that colour, and invite someone who would be especially blessed this year to donate a new sparkling light blue shroud. Don Pancho called a planning meeting, to which I was cordially invited, and I was soon gathered that this was their show and I was required to preside at the Mass before the procession and bless, preferably with water, anything that moved and more. And the meeting was mainly about logistics and personnel, such as the route for this year, who would be responsible for what, the accompanying band and the flowers. It is now early May and time to bring the cross to the Novena site. Pancho gathers a group of young bucks, men, together with ropes and a ladder, 
and surrounded by a gaggle of kids and as many dogs, they managed to release the heavy weather-beaten cross from its setting high above the houses and carry it down to the half-prepared shelter. Come the first night of the novena, the cross is looking resplendent in its temporary shelter with sunflowers in a variety of tins and plastic buckets. The devotees and neighbours from the designated street are present, together with a large group of neighbours from the rest of Zone D. There are a few benches from the chapel for the elderly and two neighbours have guitars to help with the singing. As each arrives for the novena, They come forward, pause for a silent moment, place their hand on the wood of the cross for a second or three, bless themselves and step back in the circle of devotees before beginning to greet all those present. One of the faithful from that street welcomes everyone and is master of ceremonies for the night. Another reads a text from the Bible and a third offers a lengthy reflection and finally an Our Father, Hail Mary and Glory Be. The singing is good thanks to the guitarists who are encouraged to come back to for the following nights. And lastly, those catering serve a bucket of hot, sweet black coffee together with nibbles. And according to custom, the catering group covers the cost. After much chatter, people begin to drift off home and this model is repeated for the next eight nights. At last, the big day arrives. The whole cross is adorned with flowers. The contracted band surprisingly arrives on time. The locals are decked out in their finery, in some cases suits and dresses, in others white shirts and rubber sandals. A group of men surround the cross and shoulder it, pointing the feet in the direction of the chapel. All is ready, and the band strikes up a sonorous march. The traditional swaying steps begin. The procession is slow, dignified and social, more chatter than prayer. And at the chapel the band stops, and all intone the masses opening hymn. Most go in if they can fit, while some remain outside, being Catholics but not fanatics, to reflect and slake their thirst. With Mass over, it is time for the women to shoulder the cross and carry it to the first processional stop. On leaving the chapel, they turn the cross so that the feet are pointing towards the door of the chapel, and they make three reverences by dipping the feet towards the entrance. The band strikes up, the women do the swaying step, and the cross begins its journey to visit and bless as much of the zone as possible. And during the procession, everyone makes sure to push his or her way through the crowd to reach up and touch the swaying, flower-decked cross. The crowds swell as we walk the first street. Halfway along, we halt in front of a house where there is a table altar covered with holy pictures of Saints Martin and Rose, the Sacred Heart, and Our Lady of Chappie, plus some flowers. The man of the house welcomes the cross and the people. A daughter reads a text and prayer. The woman of the house takes some of the flowers from the altar and exchanges them for some on the cross. They produce cordial or fruit juice for all and receive a blessing from the priest. And the next lot of bearers shoulder the cross. The band strikes up and we sway around the corner to the next stop. And so it goes, under the hot sun and swirling dust, until money for the band runs out. 
but the cross has still to return to its place of protection and honour. So the hat is passed around to encourage the band to give one hour more. A crate of beer from Pancho's helps. Ropes and ladder are gathered and the procession continues up the steep climb to the top. With a lot of effort and luck, the cross slips into its prepared place without accident and the flat stones are driven into place. The band and devotees return rejoicing to the place of the novena. It's all over for another year. God has blessed the zone. Congratulations all round. Now to share the karapulkra, dried potato and pork in a gravy mix, beers and soft drinks, and dance the last minutes of the band away. According to his mates, Don Pancho came out about even between his donations and sales. From Peru, Father John Hegarty and Don Pancho.